The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on FFC. It is Football Full Circle, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network and Sirius XM Channel 159. Training camp reports continue to roll around the National Football League. Scott, we saw our first veterans report to camp yesterday, the New York Jets. Our next vets report to camp tomorrow on July 21st. It's the Cleveland Browns and then by this point next week, everybody will have been in camp for at least a full day as the Pittsburgh Steelers round out the 32 NFL teams reporting to camp next Wednesday, July 26th. And Scott, as we talked about yesterday and as will continue to be a conversation throughout camp, it's notable who shows up, right? New faces, new places, all of that good stuff. But perhaps, Scott, it's even more important who is not at camp. And as the days grow nearer, it seems like Saquon Juan Barkley might not be there for the New York Giants. Yeah, and I don't know what he thinks he's proving. Um, you know, we mentioned this yesterday, Ben. There's nothing, zero, the Giants can do or he can do at this point. You know, the Giants, as I said yesterday, they can have a complete change of heart. 180 degrees. You know what? You're the greatest running back in the, in the NFL. We want to give you, ah, forget 10. We want to give you a $15 million guaranteed for the next three years, right? They can't. The deadline has passed. Monday was the deadline to get a deal done. So no matter yeah. what the Giants may think, there's there's nothing. Uh, a, a Saquon holdout is it can't change things other than just say, hey, you know what? I'm ticked off. I didn't get a new deal, so I'm going to hold out because I can. So, I mean, if he wants to be that vindictive, then so be it. But I think that's more of a, a knock on his character than it is any kind of negotiating ploy. Well, I think it's a part of the idea, Scott, of where you are perceived in your relationship. If you don't value me enough to pay me to be there at the level that I think I am guaranteed or worthy of within this pay scale, then I'm not going to value you enough because the New York Giants have made their decision. It is the agency of Saquon Barkley, his own individual standpoint, if he wants to make his decision as well, whether to play under the franchise tag tender or take a stand for him and maybe the running back position in the 
the National Football League. And that's really what it comes down to. On the Money Matters podcast, Saquon Barkley was asked about the relationship with the Giants and what his plan is moving forward. He had this to say. Pretty much his leverage point is F the Giants and F his team if that's what he decides to do. That is his value. He also did add in the context of that full quote, Scott, that I'm sure a ton of people have seen go around the interwebs. That's not something he wants to do. It's not something he ever intended to do. It's a part of the strategy now because in the strategy in terms of working with the New York Giants, they did not seem like they wanted to pay him. In fact, they did not. No long-term extension was agreed upon. So now it's on Saquon's own behalf. If he decides that the Jets didn't respect him, he doesn't respect the organization enough to grant them his football services. That's pretty much the dichotomy of where things are right now. Can anything change? To your point, Scott, absolutely not. The deadline passed 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday afternoon. Even if they did say, you know what, Saquon, we agree. You are worth more. You are worth $15 million for a three-year contract extension. It cannot be signed until next offseason. The only thing that can change is Saquon's availability and if he decides to play under the franchise tag for 2023, signing that tender. That's the key, right? But the, the you know, interesting that he was on a podcast called Money Matters, right? I mean, yeah. how, how appropriate is that, right? So let's just go by the letter of the law, you know, and really the rhetoric he spilled out yesterday, he should have done before the deadline. You, you don't make threats about holding out, Ben, after the deadline. You make those threats public before the deadline. This way, you know, the Giants in this case have this incentive like, okay, we better get this deal done because he actually might not play for us this upcoming season. All right, so let's just go on. What can both sides legally do? All right, the Giants exercise their legal right, franchise you. We don't have to negotiate you with you or give you a long-term contract, and, and you're stuck with this. All right, so now Barkley's legal right is he could sit out not only training camp, he could sit out the yeah. first nine games of the NFL season if he wants to, come back week 10, and have this year count. But then the next step would be, well, the Giants can franchise him again next year. And it's only $2 million, as we spoke about. So it's only $12 million, which in the big picture, you know, when it comes to salaries in the NFL, is really not that much. So we could continue to play this what I can legally do. But, you know, somewhere along the line, you think both sides can merge together and say, all right, let's look at the bigger picture and come to a resolution. But that's that's how far it could go if Barkley wants to be – you know, play this game, and then the Giants will just say, fine, we'll franchise you again next year. Franchise again next year if he is productive this year, if he does tend to play. It depends on what he decides to do. And really, Scott, that's a good point, right? That's where the running backs don't see the value they believe they deserve and, frankly, probably do. But it's just the ownership right now within the National Football League and the onus on these organizations to make those final determinations on if they are going to offer up a salary and a contract for running backs in the long term. We have seen what you make under the franchise tag for the running back position even decrease in the last decade. In 2015, Scott, the figure was higher than it is this year, and it stands for 2023 at $10.1 million. So how does this change? Many have presented possible 
ideas of how this system could be altered. We're not entirely sure what that is going to look like. So as camp continues to roll on in the National Football League on this Thursday, we are seven weeks away from the start of the 2023 NFL season. We'll preview the debut game of the year up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are back live right here on FFC. It is Thursday, July 20th. The reason I call attention to that specific date is because seven weeks from right now, the 2023 National Football League season debuts in Kansas City at Arrowhead Stadium, the home of the reigning Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. The spread is six and a half, Scott, in favor of KC as they open up the season against the Detroit Lions. It's a total, the largest of of the weekend for the first game of the season 54 and a half is that over under Scott we've talked about the meaning of this game a lot of times oftentimes you are going to see the reigning champs start a new season really regardless of what league you play in but certainly in the NFL the significance of this for Detroit is the idea that maybe just maybe the Lions as the favorites in the NFC South are on the same pecking order where a lot is expected of some of the best teams around the NFL but from the actual X's and O's Scott in game flow of this game what do you think we are going to see between the Chiefs and the Lions technical difficulty uh, there, there we there go we I'm sorry oh yep. yeah there we go Scott, you're back fire away I'm back yep uh I, I think we're gonna see a lot of points that, that's what we're gonna see I, I'm pretty sure that was 53 and a half it's not even 52 and a half earlier yeah uh before they released them now it's up to 54 and a half but I'm, I'm expecting right same line seen from last year uh ton of points um probably get the cover you know Kansas City one of the worst uh, believe it or not against the spread teams over the last couple of years in the NFL despite their success actually winning these games but they've been so 
uh, overpriced. I'll say it won't say overvalued, but overpriced. Uh, they, they play a lot of close games, so I'm expecting like a 33-30 Kansas City win, uh, but it should be a lot of fun. You know, it's good for Kansas City. You know, they get a, a, a good test right away. I don't yeah. know. You know, it's, as much as it's great for Detroit to be on the limelight and then the opening day, and that, that's a step in the right direction, obviously, for your franchise. I don't know. You know, I'd rather face the Houston Texans and be 1-0, Ben, than I would face the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs, play them well, but still be 0-1 and just set a bad, you know, tone to the season. Yeah, it's a great point, Scott, right? There is so much optimism for Detroit. It would not be overly surprising, Scott, as a lot of teams have tried to face the Chiefs in Arrowhead and they've lost by more than a touchdown. They've lost by double digits. It doesn't mean the entirety of the Lions' season is going to be a disappointment, but as we like to do, Scott, we overreact to week number one. We overreact to week number two. Things tend to even out over 18 weeks and 17 games, but when we get football back in our lives, we're so juiced up, we're so excited, of course we are going to overreact 50 days from now on that first Friday of the year to set the stage for the first Sunday and, of course, react to the first game of the year. If the Lions go into Arrowhead and the final score is 34-24, the Chiefs cover and we see a over of the total, Scott, most people are going to say, well, maybe the Lions aren't quite ready for this stage. It's the overreactions that fall from week number one and certainly could be the case, Scott, for that first game of the season. Yeah, you know, and you look at their schedule, they have to me four tests. If you could go two and two somehow or another out of those four tests, one and three, eh, you know, you don't want to go in four. But if you can go even two yeah. and two, that sets the year mark. And when I say tests, I mean games that, you know, they're not expected to win. They're not expected to beat Kansas City. I don't think they're going to be expected to beat Baltimore. on the, These are all road games. I don't think they're going to be expected to beat the Chargers. And I don't think they're going to be expected at the end of the year to beat Dallas. If you could find a way to go two and two, that – opens the door for you guys having a really good season. So uh, right away, though, I don't know if you necessarily want that test. Maybe. Maybe you think Kansas City's, you know, lackadaisical. They're celebrating the Super Bowl. Maybe this is the best spot to, yeah. to face them. But I'd rather have a couple games under my belt before I face the Chiefs right away. Scott, we'll talk reactions here in just a moment, but I do think it's interesting, right? Not often in a marquee game, the debut game of a year, normally you have two teams you expect to contend for conference championships and Super Bowls, and that is the case. The Lions, again, are the favorites in the NFC North. They have the fourth best price to win the NFC title this year, but at least perennial powerhouses. Last year, it was the Bills and the Rams, right? That's a little bit more of the pedigree, and of course, Los Angeles ended up going 5-12 and 12 the year after they won a Super Bowl so really who's to say but you don't often see Scott at least opening up a season a touchdown spread six and a half in favor of KC but as a favorite to echo your point that you made earlier Scott the Chiefs are in a comfortable position Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback now for Kansas City of course the past five years since 2018 began all but 12 of the games Kansas City under Mahomes has been booked as a favorite they are 40 41 and 3 ATS as a favorite in that span. Again, that's an 84-game sample size. But, Scott, let's talk some reactions, right? I think it's very fun when you look up and down the slate for week number one. When you look at some of these games that could be a prove-it point or a test or any kind of idea of what the litmus would say in week number one, 
to say if things go as expected or things go this way, what the reaction would be. So I think, Scott, if the Lions lose by double digits, there will be some that point and say, you know what, maybe Detroit's not on that caliber just yet. They're still the Lions team of old. If the Chiefs cover, laying six and a half, it's like, hey, this team is back, ready to be in the hunt again for another Lombardi trophy. Let's say, Scott, it's a three-point game, 31-30, 33-30, whatever it might be. The Lions are competitive. They hang with KC in a high-scoring affair all game long, but the Chiefs end up winning the football game outright. What do you think that reaction is then as people assess Detroit for the rest of the year? I got a feeling they'll still say it's Detroit. Detroit being Detroit. You know, competitive, because they've been competitive. You know, it's, it's funny. Detroit's been one of the best against the spread teams in the NFL yeah. the last couple of years, and Kansas City's been one of the worst as we delve into our against the spread numbers for the first time. That's a beautiful thing. But I, I yeah. still think ultimately it's like ah, the Lions being the Lions. Coming close, but never, never winning, you know? Um, I don't think it'll be okay. They've taken the next step. They're now competitive with the world champs. I don't. I don't think so. You know, when you lose as much mm -hmm. as they've lost, as much as the Cleveland Browns have lost, you know, you, you don't get credit for for being competitive. You get close if you're the Houston Texans or you know you, one of those. You know, maybe the Indianapolis Colts this year or you know, a franchise like that. But with the Browns and in the case of uh, the Lions. You know, never being in Super Bowls, both those teams, yeah, the days of getting moral victories are out the window. It'll be that same old yeah. Lions, find a way to lose. Really good point, Scott. What if Detroit ends up pulling off the upset and winning outright in Kansas City? What do you think the reaction is ah. then? Ah, now, now you got yourself a story. Now, right? now everyone's going to be hopping on the, the line. If they're not on the Lions bandwagon already, yeah, th that would be a major you know, chip uh, for them. Um, I, I think everyone would all – you would see those odds uh, as much as they're a favorite now to win the division. Boy, they, they would be like minus four to one, four and a half to one to win the division. Super Bowl odds would come down. Not many games, Ben, where – uh, one game would like really affect the odds, but that game would. You you beat yeah. the champs on their home turf. You would see those odds drop. You would. So if you like the Lions and you, you want to take the risk, you, you best bet them now versus take the risk of them actually winning the game. One game out of more than 250. But yes, I agree with you, Scott. The odds would shift drastically, maybe for both teams involved, if Detroit goes into Kansas City and wins outright as a six and a half point underdog. The Lions have been the best cover team in the last two years of the National Football League. The reason we go back to 2021, that's when Dan Campbell became the head man in the Motor City. 23 and 11 against the spread of the 34 games, only a favorite, though six times and of course they will be an underdog once again to start 2023 to your point scott maybe the lions covering a six and a half point number two years ago when they were booked as a dog all 17 games in the 2021 season and covering that number would have been something they were 11 and 6 against the spread then now it's not just about keeping games close it's about converting those close games into wins in the last two years kansas city against the number 18 21 and 1 ats scott back to the big story as we enter training camp who's going to be at camp for the NFL and who maybe more notably is going to miss and what the effect is on the actual game results that's next 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're back live right here on FFC. It is Football Full Circle all across the Sports Grid Radio Network. So, Scott, I think one of the main storylines before we see everybody report to camp will be the buildup for training camp. The New York Giants scheduled to report on July 25th. It's the same day the veterans for the Las Vegas Raiders are scheduled to report as well. Will we see the two central running backs in the tag conversation and maybe that inflection point for this position in the sport? Saquon Barkley for New York. York, Josh Jacobs for Las Vegas show up to camp. So those are the questions, Scott, that are out there, right? We're trying to figure out the running back contract situation, how, if at all, it is possible to change the current system and what remedies might be out there. We've talked about that at length, but as Saquon Barkley said, Scott, on the Money Matters podcast, that if you don't value me, how do I show my value to you? I don't play it down. And then you can see what actually happens. So, Scott, when it comes to looking at at the New York Giants. We focus on week one. We are seven Sundays away. The New York Giants end out that opening Sunday of the year in primetime Sunday night football hosting a divisional rival in the Dallas Cowboys. Currently Big Blue booked as a three and a half point home favorite. 46 and a half is the total. So Scott, it's really easy to look at the numbers and quantify point spreads and totals. Not as simple to quantify exactly what Saquon Barkley means to this Giants team. If Saquon does sit out training camp, Scott, and preseason, and maybe his availability for the regular season is at stake, what does that look like for this Giants club? It's not good. As much as I'm on the Giants' side, it, it obviously is not right. good, right? He, he was basically their entire offense last year. So, And you know how I feel about Danny Nichols, as I like to call him. I, and I think they're going to have a long year with or without Barkley. So, it, it, But it's yeah. obviously not good. That three and a half that you're getting now, um, 
I don't think he honestly is going to miss a paycheck. That, that That's just counterproductive to I want more money, so what am I going to do? I'm not going to make money. It doesn't make any sense. But could I see him maybe just holding out so he's going to come back the week of that game and, and realistically not be able to play? That, that I could see. So I would think that would get, move closer to a touchdown. I, I really think it would almost double. Really? Uh, I mean, listen, unless the Giants in the preseason, and I don't think uh, you know they're going to show their, their true hand, but unless they you know, we're throwing the football all over the place and show the world that they're going to be a different team this year. Yeah, without Barkley there or with a limited Barkley, um, I, I would think in the way Dallas is beating the Giants, I mean, I think the, the nine in a row, yeah. ten in a row, something like that. Uh, I, I could definitely see that, you know, in Dallas being the home, you know, the, the not the home team, but the, you know, the Marcus team. I, I could definitely see that uh, being up there. And that's a, that's a night game. So that, that's going to be a primetime game and the whole world's going to be watching. And, you yeah. know, when it's primetime, people tend to bet when they normally wouldn't bet. And are they going to be betting the Giants without Barkley uh, or are they going to be betting Dallas? So everyone's going to be betting Dallas. Listen, a single individual player outside of the quarterback position doesn't often move spreads all that drastically. A roster that is completely banged up, yeah, it might move by a point or two. But, Scott, I do think there is an argument that in the absence of Saquon Barkley, this line does work even more in favor of the Cowboys. Four and a half, five, five and a half. That is how important Saquon Barkley is to everything the Giants try to do offensively. He is that security blanket for Daniel Jones. He is the playmaker for this Giants team coming off a career best 1,312 rushing yards last year in 10 rushing scores, over 300 receiving yards as well. That is the focal point, really, of Brian Dayball's offense. And I think Saquon has probably had this conversation from a respect and value position with the Giants brass. Like, hey, we're not in the playoffs last year. We're not winning a game in Minnesota if it's not for me and my role in this offense. And yeah, you're going to point to Daniel Jones and the success he had late in the season, but that doesn't necessarily necessarily mean they're at that point without the best season for Saquon Barkley fully healthy I think the interesting conversation though Scott right it is that catch 22 that you mentioned all right I'm not going to make money so I'm going to sit on the sideline and lose money is an interesting dynamic as well but it's also a part of that inflection point in the running back conversation a big reason these front offices are not paying veteran running backs and yes being 26 27 years old after four or five years in the league you are a vet at the running back position is because they think they can find similar levels of production from players on a rookie deal that is more fiscally beneficial for the front office and organization as a whole. So the Giants drafted Scott out of Oklahoma this past draft, Eric Gray, who was really explosive for an OU team that only won six games a season ago, but he was one of the highlights for them offensively. It would be fascinating to see Saquon Barkley say, my value to you is if I don't play it down, you guys are going to stink. The Giants put in Eric Gray and they get similar levels of production. Then it puts the running back position back. It's kind of the idea, Scott, of Le'Veon's Be uh, Le'Veon Bell's holdout a few years back with the Steelers. He was like, I'm one of the best in football. You don't have me. You've got nothing. The Triple Bs, they're done with Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and myself. And then James Conner came in and was sensational for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It really put a huge wedge into the idea of the lead back being the only back that provides production and value for a team so Matt Breida is now currently second on the death chart for the Giants Scott but I would expect to see if Saquon is not there for most of camp which might be the expectation Eric Gray the rookie out of Oklahoma to get a ton of run for this Giants offense 
Yep, and, and if he does get closer and it does appear like, okay, he's not going to come back at, at all or at least, you know, to the beginning of the year, you know, it wouldn't shock me to go see the Giants, you know, call up a couple of these guys, whether it's Leonard Fournette or whether it's uh, Kareem Hunt, who, who's kind of similar, right? Maybe maybe Hunt's a little bit more similar to what Saquon uh, can be. Uh, there's plenty of guys out there. You know, and, and the other thing, I looked it up, the Giants with Saquon Barkley playing 19-40-1. and one. The Giants mm. without Barkley playing nine and thirteen, not that far off. And I, I have to take out my calculator to figure out which one percentage-wise is better percentage-wise. But it, it's, you know, if, if you're the Giants, you're like, hey, listen, Saquon, we can finish in last place with you, or we can finish in last place without <laughs> you. You know, outside yeah. of last year, it really hasn't been that great. They didn't draft him. I mean, I think that this front office likes him. But, you know, whenever you have players, as the Jets players are finding out, right, when you have new management come in, there's this tendency of like, okay, we're not going to bend over backwards because we don't really think you're my guy because I didn't draft you, which is stupid thinking. But we've seen it enough times. So I I can see the Giants going to play hardball that way. Yeah, You start bringing in some other guys, and then, then Barkley's in a little bit of trouble. Certainly so. And a lot of that obviously has to do with the team as a whole. But you got to think that Joe Shane wasn't too thrilled and probably would not have done the same thing of drafting a running back second overall in 2018, which is something that Dave Gettleman did. Of course, that was Saquon Barkley or probably wouldn't have spent a top 10 pick on Daniel Jones. But Dave Gettleman did. And now Daniel Jones has been the starting quarterback virtually for the Giants the past four years. You're right, Scott. The record for the Giants has been abysmal. Not all tied to Saquon or DJ or anybody, really. But it's been a outside of last year entering uh, the season in 2021 in Saquon Barkley's career drafted in 2018 his rookie year they were five and 11 the year after four and 12 six and 10 four and 13 last year a winning record for the first time since 2016 a winning record last year Scott outside of 2016 for the only time this decade dating back to 2013 for the New York Giants or the, the most recent decade I should say in the National football league so it's really something where the Giants haven't had success regardless of who has been there I think Saquon probably points to hey I was healthy all of last year I had a career year on the ground that's where his value tying it into last year in winning a playoff game but that's part of it Scott how ironic would it be of course right if the Giants go out then they're like oh Saquon's not here we need a veteran to help out the rookie in Eric Ray or we need somebody that can compliment Matt Breida because we're not just going to have him be our lead back how ironic would it be if they make a deal for Dalvin Cook or Zeke even or Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt again kind of undercutting the idea of the perceived value of the running back spot yeah you know the the other thing Ben with this stuff is two things really one it's not like they're being underpaid to the point of okay I'm only making two million dollars because I'm in year number three of my rookie contract and this just isn't right I mean him and Jacobs are being paid 10 million dollars and whether you like it or not the facts are that that is a top five salary for for a franchise player for a running back I mean it is what it is running backs don't make 15 20 million dollars for for the most part outside of Christian McCaffrey and and, and, uh, Kamara right so he's not like being underpaid to that point and then two you know, if it's the big picture, you're telling me, I mean, Saquon Barkley is the face of the franchise, good-looking dude, nice-spoken, well-spoken, everyone seems to love him. You're telling me he can't go to his agent, same thing with Jacobs, and just say, listen, 
the team can't give me two more million dollars so go get me two more million dollars in endorsements it's i don't care if if, yeah. if my goal is to make 15 million dollars it doesn't have to be from the giants if i have an agent that can go get me some endorsements and i can make five million off the field like i think both these guys should and you tell me jacobs in las vegas can't find sponsors it's the same thing with barkley here in new york he can't get some sponsorship deals i just you know to the point where you're threatening to hold out and, and creating all this commotion I, I, I never understood that. I really didn't. Yeah. I, I hear your point, Scott, right? You tell most people, hey, I'm going to give you $10 million for a year of work. Obviously, the NFL and being a running back and taking a hit each and every time is a fair share for your $10 million. But people would all acknowledge, and I bet you Saquon and Josh Jacobs would as well, that, hey, $10.1 million is nothing to scoff at or turn our nose down at. I think it's just a reflection overall, Scott, where we have seen salaries for every other position balloon in the past decade as the cap spaces for these NFL organizations have ballooned in the past decade that when you compare the market for running backs overall it has not increased in value nearly anywhere like it has for any other position in the National Football League. In fact Scott on the other side of the break we'll look at the numbers the franchise tag in 2015 what it paid out for individual positions versus what that franchise tag value is now in 2023 because the running backs are the only one that has seen that dollar value go down. That's next on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are back live right here on FFC. And Scott, the two big conversation pieces entering training camp in 2023, really around the NFL, the running back position. And will some of those key running backs who are going to play under the franchise tag this year, in fact, play 
under the franchise tag. So, Scott, I think one of the reasons the running backs have a right to be frustrated as a position as a whole around the NFL, because every other area, every other position virtually has seen their salaries balloon and grow exponentially over the past decade as, of course, the cap in the National Football League has grown tremendously as well. However, running backs haven't seen that equal value in their salaries. And Scott, we could look at the franchise tag as a telltale sign. The franchise tag in 2015 for running backs was $10.95 million. The franchise tag in 2023 for running backs is $10.09 million. Scott, in fact, it is the only position in all of the NFL that has seen the franchise tag dollar value lessen in the past eight years as opposed to increase. For QBs, it was $18.54 million. 2015, it's now $32.41 million. Scott, in fact, every other position has seen an increase of at least $3 million, except for kickers or punters, but even they've gone up by over a million dollars from 4.12 in 2015 in terms of million to $5.39 million in 2023. And Scott, the reflection of the value in the system is why I think running backs have a legitimate gripe here. Yeah, but what what what's the solution? You know, we've suggested before, yeah. right? Okay, make the contracts instead of five-year deals, make them three-year deals. This way, the running back can become a free agent a little bit sooner in his career. But, you know, if you did that, and I don't think the NFL owners would ever agree to that. But if they if they were, yeah. then you wouldn't have teams drafting running backs in the first round. They would just say, you know, unless he's just completely over the top, but it would, and, and you don't get him that much anyway, any, anymore anyway. Uh, it, it would just be, you know what? If we're only going to hold him for three years, forget about it. We, you know, we're not going to use a waste of first round draft choice on on him. So I don't know if that necessarily would be the solution. Listen, it's if you take out the the quarterback position, Ben, you know. NFL players, generally speaking, don't get paid like any other sport. I mean, right. Major League Baseball average salary, $4.9 million now. NBA average yep. salary, $9.5 million. NHL, yeah. even goofy hockey, average salary, $3.5 million. NFL, two point seven. And if, if you yeah. took out the, the quarterback salary of that, I bet that's I bet that's <laughs> under two million for the average NFL player. If you look at, like, rosters and you go to these websites and then they list every player and what they're making, half the guys on NFL rosters literally don't make a million dollars a year. It's, it's, it's just there's so many players. You need so many players. It's hard to spread yeah. that wealth around. And the running back is the guy that is able to be replaced that much easier than any other position. So um, yeah. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, don't quote me on this by any means, Scott. If you, if you were looking at an active 53-man roster for a given NFL team, certainly for some of the quarterbacks like a Mahomes, like a Rodgers, like even a Kyler Murray, you'd probably see that 25 to 28 players in their sum as a combined unit don't make as much on an annual average basis as the quarterback might. And that's really where things are. And, Scott, it's the reason when you see an NBA contract in the summer or a Major League Baseball contract in the winter that people joke, I'm never letting my kid play football. Why would I to go through that bruising and that battling to make a ton less money despite the NFL being by far the highest grossing sport well beyond the NBA and MLB. It is so fascinating, right? The disparity in that and for the specific running back position, Scott, you brought this up. We talked about it earlier this week as the deadline approaches after the deadline hit on Monday afternoon that if you were going to shorten the length of a rookie contract for a running 
coming back. To focus specifically on that, there is very little chance, maybe slim to none and slim is approaching the door, that they would ever in a CBA, Scott, specifically focus on one position versus the rest. Unfair or fair, it would be difficult to convince somebody to agree and broker that sort of deal. I did see something something I found fascinating. For, former NFL player Dominique Foxworth, of course, who works as an analyst for football for ESPN, brought up this point that in the NFL, there is a large sum of money based on performance uh, player-based performance paydays. And even he said that as a third-round draft pick in his rookie year for the Broncos, he played so much more and had so much more production than anticipated that his check for the performance-based payout was more than even his salary for his rookie campaign. And that in 2022, the performance-based pool of player incentive in the National Football League overall is north of $330 million. Maybe it's taking some of that and allocating it specifically to running backs if they hit benchmarks throughout their rookie deal. You've been in the league for two years. You've done this over three years. Then you see a certain amount of extra million dollars in your bank account because every other idea, Scott, of a solution to this issue has so many issues in trying to find a solution to the first issue to even begin. So there's a lot that goes into it. There is no right answer how to fix or solve this problem, Scott. And again, it's kind of led the running backs to be in this precarious situation where they are deserving of more value. They can point to specific examples of monetary value in the National Football League, but there seems like there's very little to be done at this current juncture in the National Football League. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon. So, and I don't think the approach of these teams are going to change anytime soon. No. Um, as far as like running the ball, all of a sudden everyone's going to turn into the Tennessee Titans. I don't, you know, that, that that's probably not happening anytime soon. So, um, I didn't realize there was an extra salary there for, for if you perform uh, over and above what, what the yeah. normal uh, performance would be. That, that's kind of cool. So, I don't know if Barkley would be able to get some more money out of that. And see, again, it goes back to there might be ways where you actually can make more money, but is it an ego thing? Is it, is it where the whole world thinks I'm making ten million dollars, and that's just not fair? Yep. When I got uh, you know backup centers making uh, four million dollars, you know I, I don't know, uh, but um, it's just yeah. it is what it is. You know, I mean ten million, but again, ten million dollars, uh, nothing to shake a stick at. And in the case of Barkley, and I brought this up before, you know, he sat out basically an entire year. He was making $10 million, but he was making a few million, and, and the Giants had to pay him. you got to pay these guys if they're hurt. He missed four games last year, four games the year before that. He's, he was basically missed a year and a half, almost two years during his career. He still got paid for that. So yep. two-way street there a little bit. Certainly so. And Scott, I think you're right, ultimately, right? It's going to be on Saquon Barkley to decide if he feels the value and respect from his organization, if that $10.1 million for this year is worth it for him to be out there and show his value back to the Giants. Ultimately, I do think Saquon Barkley plays week number one. I don't think it's in his mentality to sit out the entirety of the year. Could he use it as some extra vacation to not have to go to camp entering year number six in the National Football League? Sure, but ultimately, I think he will be out there for the Giants as they host 
the Cowboys week number one. But again, Scott, let's say he does it. And then the Giants roll out their rookie and Eric Gray, who had over 1,300 rushing yards last year and 11 scores for Oklahoma. And he's a guy that's hungry and healthy in his rookie campaign. And he goes out there and turns heads. It's only going to be another step back for the running back position. The other is not just Saquon Barkley, Scott, but the NFL's leading rusher last year in Josh Jacobs. More than 1,600 rushing yards for the Raiders a season ago. Las Vegas opens up week number one in their 2023 campaign on the road in the Mile High City against the Broncos. There were three and a half point underdogs. Scott, if Josh Jacobs isn't there for Las Vegas, does it change your evaluation of this Raiders team at all in 2023? No, only because I think they're going to be a bad team. Uh, I've waffled on them a little bit, and, and uh, I think uh, they're in for a long, long season, especially in that in that division. You know, and he's a guy, much like with the Giants with Danny Nichols, they didn't pick up the fifth-year option on him. So that, that's what's no, creating this mess this year. Otherwise, they would have had him for, for another year. So it's funny how you, you have so little confidence, especially with a running back, where the, you know, the fifth-year option is next to nothing compared to other salaries in the NFL, and they didn't even do that now all of a sudden you know he has a monster year last year and then uh, they were kind of stuck with him and had to franchise him so but I, I think that's gonna it's gonna be a long season for uh, for the Raiders so with him or without him you know I, I think they're in last place in that division so it's not gonna change things but it's just gonna make them yeah. that much worse Scott, a really good point. We're talking about two running backs, right, in Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley that were first-round draft picks in back-to-back years. Saquon, number two overall. Josh Jacobs, 24th overall in 2019, of course, out of Alabama. Last year, 1,653 rushing yards and 12 scores. He led the NFL in terms of yardage last year. But, Scott, we're talking about a Giants team, right, that despite making the playoffs last year, the odds with or without Saquon Barkley, not all that optimistic. Six, seven and a half. The under has the juice. You have shared. You don't think there's going to be a ton of optimism in the wins and losses this year for the Giants either. And the Raiders, six and a half is the win total. The over has a slight bit of juice. But then how are the running backs going to impact either the overall results, the wins, or what it might be on an individual week-to-week basis? That's the interesting part of this conversation. Next, Scott, can we quantify what Josh Jacobs means to the Raiders if he does sit out? Can we quantify what Saquon Barkley's impact on this Giants offense is if he does sit out? It will be interesting then to look at the evaluation. Let's say Josh Jacobs isn't there week number one in Denver. Is the line four and a half? in favor of the Broncos or does it remain at three and a hook and if the line moves Scott is it just necessarily a strong indication it's because of the running back or is it other things the public wants to bet the Broncos they're buying back into Russ and Sean Payton or they just believe the Raiders aren't good flat out doesn't matter who the running back is it is very interesting to try to quantify the actual effect of these running backs on wins and losses their individual Production, not so much. Josh Jacobs, the league's leading rusher last year, but it did not mean much for a Las Vegas Raiders team that made the playoffs two years ago, Scott. But last year, of course, in 2022, finished with a record of 6-11 and overall, despite having the league's best rusher. 
It's the quintessential test, right? You know, if we, if we keep on saying how these running backs are easily replaced and there's not that much difference between a top running back and, and uh, you know, even a late-round pick like Pacheco for, for the uh, Chiefs last year, well, okay, we, yeah. we may find out. We may find out with the Raiders and Giants. You know, perception-wise, we'll see. Reality will be a different story, but perception-wise, yeah. I think the lines would change. I, I think if the, the Raiders announced or Jacobs announced he's not playing, that line would go up. Um, yep. You know, I don't know, maybe as much as without the Giants, but I think it would go up, and I, I certainly think the Giants line would go up from the three and a half they're getting now. Yeah, perception a huge part of it, right? Influencing how the public is going to bet and what that does to the odds as they are set. And we're still over seven weeks away from those games on the first Sunday of the National Football League season, September 10th. But it is interesting, right? You had the league's leading rusher last year, and you were still 6-11 and for a myriad of reasons. And behind Josh Jacobs, like is the case for Saquon Barkley in New York, there's a young running back who looked good in spots last year, Zamir white out of georgia entering his second year it's the reason scott that despite picking a running back in the first round in 2019 just two years later they take or three years later rather they take a guy like zamir white so there are some assurances you can see pretty clearly what the strategy is from the nfl organizational side and how they structure their running back room even with some of the best on their roster we'll continue to look around some of those week one lines tying back to our big story in the report the training camp underway. We talked about the Giants on opening night. What would their line do if Saquon Barkley is not there? Las Vegas on their opening game of the year. What happens if Josh Jacobs isn't there? But Sunday night football, it's the Giants and the Cowboys week number one. It's a busy 48 hours at MetLife. We'll tell you why up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. 
We are back right here on FFC for just a few more moments. Scott, we know that teams are reporting to training camp around the National Football League. The New York Jets already there. The veterans there. Aaron Rodgers on the practice field today. We've looked at a couple of week one lines, Scott, and the big storyline entering camp for a few teams around the league. Their running backs. Will Saquon Barkley show up to the Giants? Will Josh Jacobs be there for the Raiders? Week number one, Scott, Las Vegas opens the year on the road in Denver against the Broncos as a three and a half point dog. What do you got on Las Vegas? I think uh, I might be getting against uh, Las Vegas. I, I would definitely, you know, interesting numbers here with Vegas. You know, we would, most teams nowadays to, you know, split the running back position, which is another reason why you don't want to pay the running back, you know, $20 million when you're only getting the ball half the time because we got to, you know, split it in the backfield. No other position do you really get split like that, right? So, but last year, Ben, interesting numbers. They gave the ball to Jacobs 340 times, only 38 carries went to other running backs. If you, if you throw out like the quarterback scrambles or the wide receiver reverses yeah. and all that other stuff, only 38 carries in 17 games. That's that's an amazing state. Even Tennessee with Derrick Henry shared the ball a little bit more in the backfield. I mean, he was, Giants had close to 100 other running backs or carries from other running backs outside of Barkley. But in the case of Jacobs and the Raiders, he, he was that running game completely. So... Maybe he would have a bigger effect uh, on the Raiders not playing than Barkley would with the, with the Giants not playing. So much so. So much production in that offense, Scott, that Josh McDaniels in his rookie year as the head coach of the Raiders had Josh Jacobs out there in the Hall of Fame game to start yeah. off the preseason entering year number four. A big 48 hours to end out week number one in MetLife. Like we mentioned, the Giants host the Cowboys on Sunday night football. And then on Monday night football, it's the Jets and the Bills to round out week one. The Jets already underway at camp. He's Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens. That does it for us today here on Football Full Circle. But up next on Sports Grid Radio, it's the Money Line. Stay tuned. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. That means your priorities are Vanguard's too. So whether you're planning for retirement or trying to save up for your next big adventure, Vanguard will work alongside you to set personalized investment goals. That's the value of ownership. All investing is subject to risk. Vanguard is owned by its funds, which are owned by Vanguard's fund shareholder clients. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor.